This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Let's get it started. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Oi, oi. Good morning to one and all. Welcome to Starting Up with Virtue Zone. Uh, it is uh, your opportunity to get some free advice, but also uh, to throw your questions our way. Today's topic what it takes to set up a business here in the UAE from documentation to legal obligations and much, much more. Uh, do get your thoughts into us, please. Number of ways that you can do that. You can uh, get in touch by texting us on 4001 or having your say at Dubai I 1038FM, hashtag Dubai I 103. Uh, plus, why not get in touch with the team at VirtuZone? It's at VirtuZone underscore UAE. Uh, it is at VirtuZone on Facebook and Instagram. But always do remember to use uh, the hashtag, which is starting up with VirtuZone or hashtag be your own boss. Uh, so what have we got for you? Well, today we're focusing on what it takes to set up a business right here, right now in the UAE. Let's dive deep into the legalities and the paperwork that go into setting up a business. Uh, we'll even give you a checklist for all the things that you need to have prepared for in order to launch your very own company. Going to be speaking to Jishri Gupta, for the founding partner and the managing director of the in-house company, or Think. Uh, she'll be joining us to talk about the legal obligations and the documentation company Uh, that owners should keep in mind. We'll also be catching up with our very own uh, and my co-host throughout the day, Paul Bryson, uh, who is the Group Commercial Director at VirtuZone, who'll be speaking to us about the logistics, the do's and the don'ts when starting up. Plus, don't forget to get your questions in for our very own company clinic today as well. It is at VirtuZone. It is hashtag starting up with VirtuZone, hashtag be your own boss. And if you would like to share your thoughts, your opinions, or of course, any questions with regards to starting up, then best way to do that that is to text us right now on 4001. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. And so without further ado, it is a warm welcome to the Group Commercial Director at Virtue Zone, Paul Bryson, who joins us live in studio. Uh, PB, great to have you join us. It's been a while, my friend. All well? Yes, all good, all good. It's a pleasure to be back in. I haven't seen you since the world changed about two years ago <laughs> or a year and a half ago. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's good to be back in. Um, nice to see everything's running as normal here. Uh, we're, we're all kind of back to normal. And, and we have been in the office as well. Um, and I, th- I think that's one thing that Dubai's done really, really well compared to other parts of the world. Um, we've been back in the office operational as normal since last June or July. So, you know, the last year's been pretty good for us. And I, and I speak to friends in the UK and um, mm. they're, they're, they're still kind of trying to get the shackles off and get back in at the office. But it's, it's great to have that feeling of normality again. And in terms of the office as well, it is the summer season upon us. Uh, uh, various partners, various senior management uh, and others heading off as well. But it is still business as usual, is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's business as usual. I don't think we've ever been any busier as well. Um, this year, just uh, I think we'll probably discuss a couple of newspaper headlines kind of coming up. Um, but I think not just us, uh, us, our competitors, free zones, government bodies, 
the market is booming in Dubai. Um, but in terms of the, the sort of data that you have and the footfall in and into the office down at Sukkot Baha and into the, uh, the, 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 through the website, through the social media channels as well, obviously very, very uh, significant campaigns uh, on social at the moment, generating a lot of leads, a lot of interest uh, and a lot of chat as well. But is, is there a dip during the summer ordinarily or not? Um, yeah, there, there can be. Uh, I think historically for the last kind of three, four, five years, yes, because usually Ramadan and the Eid breaks coincide with the summer, right? So mm. you've got your, your, your kind of uh, locals or GCC nationals who perhaps travel or have, have a little bit of a quieter time in the summer, and then you've got your expats who tend to kind of go home in the summer, get out of the heat, the school holidays are there. So we're kind of moving out of that period, right? So Ramadan and Eid are moving closer towards the start of the year now. Um, so I don't think we'll see that kind of double dip in the summer anymore. Um, I think last summer, July, we issued more brand new trade licenses than any other July in the last 11 years. The on, right? So, so thing, things have been okay. Typically, you do see a dip, though. Because I wonder whether, PB, if, if, if there is that sort of element <coughs> where, where because things are so busy here during the season, if you like, and if you see the season as being... Um, in line with, 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 with school holidays, but equally sort of, you know, October or end of September all the way through to late March, maybe even early May now as well. Um, people would be looking at the summer as a good time to get set up, if you like. So starting up during the summer enables you to hit the floor running come September. Yeah, you're correct. There's a couple of seasons that you mentioned September there. September is the most... Q4 is normally the busiest time mm. of the year because people get ready for January. But as you say... Schools go back in September. I believe it is September. Yep. I don't have kids, so I don't know that. But I think it's September, right? So what we tend to see is people with families who are relocating here, they get that done July, August, get settled in, get everything in place. Um, whether they're re- moving here for work or, or, or setting up a new company, um, they tend to do that in the summer so that they're ready in September. And then perhaps some of your, your international companies will, will look at restructuring or entering this market in Q4 to be ready for January to coincide with their financial year. Mm. Uh, right, uh, there is only one way that we kick off things down here at Starting Up with Virtue Zone, and it is... Well Briefed, the business stories you need to know this week. No shortage of stories for Paul and myself to dive into here uh, as the whole uh, area of startup SMEs continue to make headlines across the region. Uh, let's start with one from our friends down the road. It's now a lot easier and cheaper to set up a business in Abu Dhabi. The requirements for starting a new venture in the Emirates have been reduced by so we're told 71% and it applies to all commercial activities. The move comes a week after the Abu Dhabi Department of Economic Development uh, suggested that there was a 94% reduction in the cost of registering and renewing a business. Changes are part of government's Investor Journey Programme introduced in coordination with more than 20 government entities and the private sector. Authorities uh, being able to identify and remove duplication of requirements and modify existing procures, uh, procurements to facilitate and the process of starting a business. Yet more positive news coming out of the nation's capital. Yet more evidence, I suppose, Paul, as well, of the fact that, you know, this is a sector that is becoming more and more important. I know that Virtuson has been doing it for, what well, best part, well, well over 10 years now, best part of a decade uh, and more. But it's interesting to see other authorities, other organisations, uh, other Emirates also now recognising the importance uh, of making this an easier process. Yeah, and and historically what you'll see is uh, authorities, free zones, departments of economic development and other emirates 
never usually talk about price or promote their products. They just happen to be there and we, you know, if we, if we want to set up a company, we have to go and see them. Now they're being a little bit more active um, and, you know, they're being competitive with each other. They, they all they all want your business. Um, Abu Dhabi wants your business. They want you to go there, not Dubai. Dubai wants you to come here. Um, it's fantastic time. Um, there's never been a better time, I believe, to set up uh, in the Emirates. I would say we're very, very good at, at producing a lot of good headlines here, but particularly in Abu Dhabi, although it says was it a 93% reduction, mm. if, if we kind of look under the hood a little bit, it's not quite as high as that. Mm. Um, that is on a particular line item and, and a and a payment voucher, which has many line items, that particular item is reduced by over 90%, yeah. which is great. But uh, in reality, it's probably more like 10 to 12% of the total cost yeah. uh, you'll see kind of coming down there. Um, but it's great. Abu Dhabi took great measures last year. Um, they were very competitive, a little bit more than Dubai in cases, and that they were, the DED there were giving you a two-year license mm-hmm. Um they dramatically reduced their fees last year. They were giving you a two-year license instead of one year mm. um, for, for like 9,000 dirhams. And it's kind of back to 15,000 now, which is what it would have cost pre-pandemic. So for a year, you, you were able to really take advantage of that. And now things are just starting to creep up. Although you're, you're mentioning there are reductions, um, that there are increases as well. Yeah. And when I say increases, it's not an increase. It's just we're going back to pre-pandemic pricing. That is the pricing. Um, some free zones were just taking a hit on their margins. Um, I saw yesterday a free zone in Dubai did, they had waived a registration fee of 2,000 dirhams. That that wave has, has been removed. Mm. And, that, and that's absolutely fine. That that, that, that that should be the case now that they can they can start to generate a little bit more revenue for, for, the, for the country as well. Let's bring it here to Dubai or back to Dubai, if you like. Uh, and news of the fact that a total of 31,000 <coughs> business licenses have been issued in Dubai during the first six months of 2021. It's a growth of 77% compared to the same period in 2020 when 17,478 licenses were issued. Record growth can be attributed largely to measures taken to ensure business continuity and further simplify government procedures for businesses. Any big surprise in those numbers? Uh, no, we, we, we could have seen that coming. Um, we, 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 we looked at ourselves across all verticals and across all the free zones. We've seen an increase in general general um even not not only the ded getting back to that we've saw even if you looked at the newspaper yesterday i think dafsa dubai airport free zone they saw an 88 percent increase in where they were that's right yeah. um this time last year which is which is fantastic we we, we kind of predicted that um we, we regularly submit reports every quarter to dubai ded and, and and the foreign direct investment office here as a formal partner um showing what, what we've attracted, right? There are other partners, we're just one of them. Um, and we, we, when we compared our report to this time last year, we saw a massive increase. So, yeah, we could, we could have seen that coming. number of reasons for this. Um, but obviously, you know, the Invest in Dubai platform that has been set up, uh, obviously um, the efforts that are being undertaken at the moment from so many different authorities to attract and encourage people. And I suppose as well, this, this idea of transparency, there's a little bit more transparency all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely. Um, there the used to be not not quite secrecy, but uh, yeah. um, uh, things were not obviously clear. It wasn't it wasn't easy. You know, you couldn't just go to a website and start creating a business, right? You had to have a lot of paperwork to shuffle around. That, in large, is still the the, the same case. But now. Um, we are progressing. We've seen some great uh, advancements in the last year and a half, where these government entities are becoming more digital, less less paper based. As it, you know, we just accepted that you had to be paper based. That was the way that they worked. But we, we've definitely seen them 
moved forward in the last year and a half. Right, that's it for Well Brief. Now more opportunities to get questions and answers uh, in the company clinic a little later on. We turn our attention to today's big talker in just a few moments' time, uh, what it takes to set up a business here in the UAE. From documentation to legal obligations, we're going to kick things off by talking uh, to someone about the legal obligations and the documentation that company owners should keep in mind before getting started. We'll be talking to the founding partner of the Managing Director for the in-house company or think in just a few moments time this is starting up with virtue zone you're listening to starting up with tom urquhart and virtue zone on dubai i 103.8 today's show is all about well starting up well setting up for startups let's put it that way what it takes to set up a business here in the uae one of the things that people most often forget from documentation documentation to legal and otherwise How do you set up a business in the country? What are the type of documents that you need to set up? Do you need a trade license if your business is online only? What about company bylaws? All of these are frequently asked questions by potential business owners, people who want to launch their own companies. We're going to be joined now by uh, Jayshree Gupta, who is the founding partner and the managing director uh, at the in-house company uh, in shortly. Uh, In just a few moments' time, uh, we'll be talking to Jayshree. But first up, before we do that, let's get some more uh, details from our producer, Maria Botros. Starting up a business can be difficult, especially if you don't know where to start. Business owners tend to fear the process because they don't know what to expect. Paperwork and legal aspects of setting up a business can be overwhelming, which is why Jishri Gupta, founding partner and managing director at the in-house company, joins us to talk about what needs to be considered. I founded my own firm called the in-house company, which shortens to the funky name Think with a C in 2018, as I strongly felt that the traditional legal industry needed some disruption and a slightly more modern outlook. I believe in working very closely with my clients, almost like an in-house advisor. Um, There are many reasons why you need to consider the legal aspects of setting up in the UAE. First and foremost, once you set up, it's not that cheap because you do need to rent office space in most uh, options that you choose, whether it's free zone or mainland, and it's not very easy to wind down a company. So rather than make a mistake at the outset, it's much better to consider your legal options, your future funding, your partnerships, uh, who you would be contracting with, and consider all of these business issues before you decide how you're going to set up and what option you're going to pursue. Great news is that uh, Jashree has been able to join uh, myself and Paul now. So it is a warm welcome to the founding partner and the managing director of Think, who joins us live on the line. But also happily to say uh, we can see you live on Microsoft Teams as well. Jashree, thank you so much indeed for being with us. Thank you, Tom, Paul, Maria, all of you for having me. Right, let's kick off with the options available, because there were Paul and I talking about the extraordinary expanse we've seen when it comes to options uh, of setting up your business or starting up your business as well. Um, are those op- which is great, which is great for us all, which is great for, for those looking to start up. But can, can it become something of a daunting task when you are looking to get started in the first place, given that there are so many choices now from free zones to business activities and otherwise? 
Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that's part of the whole journey of advising a client. Um, and that's the reason why uh, legal firms like ours get approached, because clients know there are a number of options. They know they can go to Paul and set them up. But it's sort of what shall we do? Where shall we start? Um, and I always tell them you sort of need to decide whether you're a regional player or you're looking at global domination, because that sort of narrows down exactly sort of the, the roadmap that we take initially. So a lot of it is really deciding the pros and cons of, um, you know, setting up in the UAE, what what kind of activities you want to conduct in the UAE and how you want to go about that in terms of, uh, you know, are you one person? Are you a company investing from abroad or are you a company that's a startup that's looking to raise funding and get partners on board? So there are so many considerations into the whole process. We can dive a little deeper into those. As I mentioned, Paul's alongside us as well. To kickstart that conversation, Paul, your thoughts on, on mainland versus other options. If somebody comes into the virtual zone office, says, should I be on the mainland, Paul Bryson? What do you say to them? Uh, it really depends on where the audience for your product or service is. Um, if your audience is all over Dubai, then yeah, mainland. If you, if you're, if you happen to be selling a, you know, a healthcare product only, um, then look at healthcare city, which is, is a good thing about Dubai, right? Like everything's gonna. Uh, we've started from scratch on a blank canvas here, mm. like other cities where you have to kind of. If you're selling healthcare, you're going to travel all around San Francisco to find um, each of your customers. Whereas here, you can go straight to the same place. So it really depends on where the audience is for the product or service. That will that will determine where you should be based. And as Jayshree said, it's not just what you're going to do this year, next year. Where do you plan on being in five years? And if you want to cover all Dubai, future-proof things now. When, you, when it comes to starting the business, don't don't just kind of dip your toe in the water. If in two years your license isn't going to be relevant, you're going to need to pay to close it and start a new one. Um, it, with that in mind, just right, I mean, are there are there also sort of legal considerations when it comes to the mainland or not mainland question? Yeah, so we've always called it sort of the fine grey line, if I can put it that way. Um, you know, way back when, uh, you know, Internet City was set up, for example, I think around 2000, we always had that sort of dilemma as to what can you do within Internet City and provide um, services to the mainland companies versus actually what can you do in the mainland that you can't actually achieve in the free zone. So the whole ethos of, you know, Dubai and the growth of free zones, I think the last time we counted, there's sort of over 45 free zones <laughs> around the UAE but was effectively that you sort of cordon off your business uh, to either the mainland or the free zone. And what the free zone really brings is a tax break for 50 years, 100% foreign ownership, which is now a relatively moot point with the changes in the law that came around on the 1st of July that has liberalized also mainland companies. So there were certain attractions of the free zones, as well as the fact that the free zones were, as Paul put it, very sort of uh, uh, sector specific. So internet products versus Dubai Design District for, you know, big design companies and brands and fashion houses, Javza for logistics and warehousing companies, Davza for, for again, you know, people importing products, uh, you know, mainly by air. So there was sort of like a demarcation, a sort of a friendly demarcation amongst the free zones about, you know, what was what they did and what they didn't take. But the main, main issue is that if you under the law, if you do want to conduct business onshore in Dubai, you are supposed to be licensed as a local company, whether it's a civil partnership or a limited liability company. So therein lies the distinction. And there is a little bit of a gray area, as I said, in terms of how much you can cross over. But we're also very, always very careful to advise our clients and partners as to, you know, where that line might be and how the authorities may look upon that line. In terms of... Um 
other issues, you know, things like your brand, things like your intellectual property, are these things that you need to ring fence and uh, make sure are protected from the off, and these things that are often forgotten by people who are just keen to get the business up and running? Um, well, yeah, brand is key, right? I mean, without without your brand name, whether it's it's part of your trade name or whether it's a separate brand and trademark. Um, so, so I think we do a lot of business for design houses, fashion brands, and, and sort of like really the the fashion and and design world. And I guess you know, brand plays a plays a really important part of that. And also with tech startups. So I think where uh, you know um, ADGM, DIFC, the whole new innovation licenses that have come around in the UAE, there's a big focus on startups, technology, and sort of all of that coming into the UAE and being homegrown from here. So part of that is, of course, to protect your IP, which which is really trademark, copyright, uh, you know, and patent to a certain degree. But very, very important to trademark uh, your brands, which are going to be out there, you know, your logos and things like that. You can see my behind me, of course, we're on the radio, so the others can't. But, uh, you know, sort of like, for example, in my case, the Think logo with the C and the sort of sort of the intertwining, you know, um, squares. That's it's, it's really your brand image that you grow over the years and you want to be able to protect that because that can be quite easily copied by people who want to sort of confuse the public. And also with the tech startups, it's really important to uh, ring fence and protect your source code and all of the technology that you are building and growing, because that has a huge value when you're looking at also investors coming into your business, etc. Let's talk paperwork, if we can. Not everybody's favorite subject. And, and quite often when you've got... Um, very creative, very driven individuals uh, who have these extraordinary ideas for startups. It might not be uh, their area of expertise. So how important is it to have the right people with you or be able to, 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 to ship out that, uh, those responsibilities when it comes to your tax responsibilities, your paperwork and otherwise, in order to have it all in order? Well, yeah, I guess that's where we guys come in, right? I mean, we, we we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and founders who, as you said, their heads are full of ideas and they're already like five years ahead of their business plan, right? But somebody needs to sort of dot the I's and cross the T's and make sure all the legalities are, are completed. So it's from the start, like writing up your articles, um, you know, getting getting your whole business structure in place. And as I said, you know, we talked about brand a minute ago, and that's quite key because sometimes you need to park your brands in a slightly different entity from the one that's the operating entity. So like a holding company, perhaps an operating company and perhaps the holding company also owns the brands. So you sort of have to structure that. You have to do, you know, trademark agreements, sometimes assignments, a shareholder agreement. So there's a plethora of legal documents that you can do. Uh, Yeah, I'm a big advocate of simple legal documents and not writing in Latin. So, uh, you you know, needless to say, uh, you, you know, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. But somebody does need to think through the legal issues and the repercussions, because as I said, as I say to sort of a number of people I meet, especially entrepreneurs and founders, you know, where they are now and the issues they'll face in five years are so different. And if your paperwork isn't in place and your legal documents haven't protected you adequately, you just expose yourself up to sort of depletion of value of your business. Terms and conditions, um, something that, again, many of us just take for granted. How many of us actually read the T's and C's, etc.? Again, is that something that an owner really needs to be on top of before any launch, any startup? 
Oh, well, I, I guess it depends on the business you're in, but definitely in terms of the internet portal, um, uh, you know, software as a service, all of those companies providing those services have to have very tight terms and conditions. Uh, one of the things that's really important is also sort of GDPR or privacy rules compliance. Um, and, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, the UAE can't say we're not touched by all of this. Uh, you know, so some of the financial free zones have their own rules around data protection and privacy. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, if, if you're touching European or American businesses, you also have to comply with, uh, you know, their data protection rules. So that's really important uh, in terms of your terms and conditions to to make sure you take the right consents. You collect, um, you know, client or uh, user information very responsibly and you utilize it very responsibly if you can utilize it. Just really, we have only scratched the surface of the things that I want to discuss. That gives a little uh, indication of just how, how much there is to discuss there. But I really appreciate uh, all of uh, your time this morning. Thank you so much indeed to you and your team as well for uh, disrupting uh, the whole traditional legal industry here with this clear, clear approach. Uh, Just well, thank you for your time this morning. We'll definitely be catching up with you again soon. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, guys. Uh, great to speak to Jeshri Gupta, the uh, founding partner and the managing director at the in-house company, or Think, which uh, since 2018, when they set up, uh, as I said, have been uh, disrupting and giving a modern outlook to some legal advice for your company set up. You're back with Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtuzone. Only on Dubai I 103.8. Welcome back to the show. This is Starting Up with Virtues and live on Dubai I-103.8. Uh, do get your thoughts into us. Text them to us now on 4001. Have you started up your own business? Need advice? Text now to 4001. Are you looking to start up? Well, we've got the man in studio to help you with that one, Paul Bryson, who is the Group Commercial Director at Virtue Zone. Listen, have your say in a number of ways. You can either send us your questions and thoughts on 4001 by uh, text. Equally, you can have your say online. And if we don't address those questions uh, online um, during the show, we will be sure to address them straight after the show. At Dubai I-138 FM uh, or, of course, at Virtue Zone at VirtuZone underscore UAE on Twitter. And do remember to use the hashtag starting up with VirtuZone and hashtag be your own boss. Big thanks to Jayshri Gupta for joining us a little earlier on from the Think Company, giving us plenty to think about. And in fact, to that end, uh, we are going to dive a little deeper into some of those uh, conversations because um, for the past, what, nine, ten years, the man alongside me has been helping international clients enter the UA market and assisting, assisting local companies with corporate restructures. Prior to joining the Virtue Group, uh, Paul was the Director of Corporate Services for a Swiss law firm based in Dubai, previously headed up a UA mainland structuring for two of the UA's leading corporate service providers. He's assisted some of the largest multinational companies entering the UA market via effective corporate nominee models to protect the interest of foreign parties in their capacities as shareholders in local businesses. He is, of course, now the Group Commercial Director at Virtue Zone. Uh, it is Mr. Paul Bryson, uh, who is here with us. Um, and I suppose just following on, uh, PB, from what we were talking to Chasery there about, if, if, if one were to open a company in a free zone, um, would they be able to, to rent office space or or in a flexi office space at other free zones or in a business center as well as the the restrictions therein um yeah there are restrictions on that um it's, it's a common question like people want 
sometimes people come to you and they want they want the cheapest license, right? They want the cheapest piece of paper by ticking the box, but they want to go and rent a really nice office somewhere, okay, to create the image that they're this kind of big company or they're more than they are. Um, so if you want to go and rent a space in Dubai, you need a Dubai license, but sometimes, you know, there are people around town, I, I see adverts, I, I see in here posts on social media where they'll offer you the, some license in the Northern Emirates, an office space in Dubai, you, can, you can't have that, it's totally illegal. Um, what you will find is maybe a business centre in, in Business Bay will, will rent you an office if you're a free zone company in Sharjah or Fujairah, but that business centre isn't doing anything wrong because they're licensed to rent out commercial space in that space where they are. Um, you're the person that's that's operating illegally when you're operating outside of your free zone. So, yeah, you, you can't do that. You can't do it. But you, you can do business online, which is where we see most new startups and free zones tend to be kind of tech companies for us or e-commerce, and they don't really need an office, so they just have a lease agreement in the free zone where they're based. So you, you should be based where you're licensed. Uh, other questions that are coming through from the team down here uh, and elsewhere. What about um, the sort of uh, the mixing of licenses or the conducting of business under one licenses? Can a professional and real estate activity business be conducted under one license, for example? Um, well, you've always been able to combine uh, activities and, and on licenses, you can have up to ten activities on a, on a license. But as long as the ten activities are related, it's not usually an issue. Um, some some jurisdictions are a little bit more flexible than others. So you know, a free zone in Fujairah might perhaps let you combine things that are not entirely related. But in Dubai, if you go to the DED, um, you know, just if, if if someone listening is is looking at setting up a business or changing a license or adding an activity, uh, we done one yesterday. When you look at the activities, they all start with a, a kind of three-number code. Mm. As long as the first three numbers of the activities are the same, you can combine them on the same license. That's not a problem. Uh, a real estate business is already professional, so um, so that can be there. You can't combine professional and commercial or commercial and industrial activities. So you can't have a, an electronic equipment trading company mm. and an electronic equipment manufacturing company. Even okay. though you might manufacture and sell the product, you need to have a license to manufacture and a license to trade. Okay. Um, another question that's come in, um, and I suppose it's to do with, well, it's a sign of the times question, if you like. Look, there's a pandemic ongoing at the moment. It's tough times for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, it might be a bit of a sliding door opportunity for others as well. They might have lost their jobs with previous employees or otherwise. Um, what, 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 what modalities are in, are in place at the moment to, to ease starting and running business in the UAE. Say you're a foreign national, you're looking to come in at the moment. Times is tough. Uh, have things changed as I, in light of the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Ma- massively so. Um, it's been really good for us, actually, yeah. uh, the pandemic in that, in that way. So, and I think we touched on it earlier when we said, like, authorities are making things easier, right? yeah. not, not harder. Um, if I was setting up a Dubai company, Right in the past, okay, I was setting up a Dubai company, and I have to go to Dubai Notary Public, right? So we go to say Barsha, Barsha Mall, the traffic department. I have to take a token. I'll wait, right? We'll get to the notary. You'll sign the document as the client. I'll sign it as your local partner, if you like. Now I've got another client coming, so I need to take another token. Wait another, you know, another thirty minutes to do that. So and it's the travelling time there and back. During the pandemic, um, Dubai courts were brilliant because the notaries became mobile. They came to us, right? Well, so we okay. had the notary, came out to the office. It was a little bit more expensive, but but peanuts in the grand scheme of things, right? Mm. 
he was in our boardroom for I think 45 minutes and we'd done four clients in that time so we probably we had four clients come and go sign the documents have it accepted whereas and if we had to go there it would have taken probably four times the amount of time to do it now they're, they're, they're also doing it online so we've got clients right now in Sweden who are setting something up here um, and the notary is going to go online uh, look at the passports uh, accept a power of attorney sign it there and then it's going to be approved so uh, and free zones are doing the same. They're becoming mm. more digital. So, so it's a bit easier for us. We can we can do more in the same the, the same time. Which is, is that is that? Do you think is that is that something to stay? Is that efficiency? That a lev- level of efficiency going to stick yeah. around, or will we go back to our bad old ways? No, I, I think that's a brilliant, good question. Um, it will definitely stick around because it's better for everyone, right? So. They're issuing more licenses, the authorities, they're, they're generating more fees, it's stimulating the economy, it's working really well. And to be honest, it's, it's a great thing that's come from the pandemic because we knew, right, the technology was there, but yeah. traditionally they were kind of stuck in their ways and how they operated. So it was perhaps that nudge that they needed to get them into this digital uh, revolution, if you like, to get them working in that way. So it's, it's been fantastic. I think it's definitely here to stay and it might get, it might even get easier. <laughs> More questions coming through. Uh, remember to put your names with these questions as well. Uh, sport company in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, owner thereof, saying, do I need a separate licence for every emirate that I operate in? Uh, yeah, the, 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 that would be the short answer is yes. If you're going to be operating in Abu Dhabi, normally you need an Abu Dhabi licence. I don't know what they mean by sport company. It depends what you're doing. If it's... If you're trading, um, you, you, you can serve Abu Dhabi from Dubai if you're, if you're selling the products online. If you're going to do business in, in Abu Dhabi with any government bodies or local companies, typically to get on the procurement list, they will insist on an Abu Dhabi licence. The same applies in Dubai. So technically, yes, you will need a licence in each emirate. And is, I mean, again, we sort of highlighted a little earlier on, didn't we, Paul, about there's, you know, and we, we've got to be careful here, you and I, because we've both been here long enough to know that you have to walk around with eggshells on eggshells to a certain degree when it comes to comparing um, uh, uh, Emirates, etc. cetera. Uh, but everyone wants a piece of the pie at the moment, and that breeds competition. And what, with competition comes more competitive rates, etc. as well. Um, is there any sort of model therein of, 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 of Emirates working together to make it easier to get sort of licenses across emirates or not no it's that's that's a good question um and again as you say i have to watch what i say here. exactly uh, yeah, we all do. <laughs> um, what i would say is last year um when if we were setting up companies in abu dhabi right we would always kind of do the paperwork here in dubai go to the dubai courts and get it stamped at the courts and then we take that to the DED in abu dhabi to get the license issued at some point last year that changed and Abu Dhabi would only accept documents that were stamped in Abu Dhabi. Mm. So it meant an extra trip for us, right? It meant I had to go there, stamp documents, be there in person, whereas I could have done it all here. Um, and what that meant was Dubai was making the fees for all the stamping, yeah. right? And Abu Dhabi was only getting the fees for the company set up. So now Abu Dhabi want the fees for everything. They're yeah. getting the fees for everything. Dubai's done the same, right? So Dubai are saying, set up here, don't notarize your documents in Abu Dhabi, come here to do it. So um, although... And, and that's all part of this competition, as you say, right? Ultimately, the, the the fees, the funds, it's all funneling up to the to the same place, right? Yeah. Um, but they're all competing with each other. Uh, they've all got their own quotas, um, and they all want to look they all want to look good, you know, in yeah. the eyes of leadership. So, although they're making it easy on some things, um, if we kind of look beneath the hood, it can be a little bit more difficult in some instances. Company clinic. 
That's a number of questions coming in, and more so uh, than our friend Richard Dean, who, when he left and vacated the studio at 10 o'clock, was very quick uh, to lynch my mate Paul outside for some free advice, some free startup advice. Um, he has interest, obviously familial interest, uh, of a company going through the transition at the moment, Free Zone to Onshore. Again, given the options that have been made available and the ease of that. Um, not easy, says Richard. Um, can it be made easier, that process? Yeah, he did uh, He did accost me in the corridor on the way in for <laughs> some free advice, as you say. Yeah, it, it, isn't, it isn't easy. What, what Richard's talking about, and it's something that we, you know, we, we hear about regular, is corporate migration. So that's moving a company from one jurisdiction to another while still maintaining the company name, while still maintaining the history and everything remains the same. Just, I don't want to be based there anymore. I want to be based here. Now, in Europe or the rest of the world, it's very common to move from, from one jurisdiction to another. It's easy done. Um, it's a little bit difficult here. So corporate migration, as we know, it doesn't really exist. You can't move from one free zone to another easily. You can't move from free zone to mainland. You have to close the company, liquidate it, start a new one. So you've got the the double costs there. And sometimes people just keep a company because it's just a pain mm. to, to close it. So w- w- what you can do here is... Uh, doesn't make real sense but you can you can actually migrate a company out of the UAE and into you know Hong Kong or Europe right and then it becomes a Hong Kong company and then you can bring it back into another free zone right so you can do inward and outward migration mm. but you can't just change between and I guess that's part of the com- kind of competitiveness that we that we, that we spoke yeah. about as as they're starting to get competitive on fees does somebody want to just jump to that one and move to the next one and move to the next you know I get that it's like um you know, it's kind of hopping around based on what you what you've got. So that's something you need to think about when you set the company up. You know, okay, do I take this cheap and cheerful option in the Northern Emirates now, or do I pay a little bit more to be in Dubai because I probably want to be in Dubai in two or three years' time? Mm. Um, and that's where I'd say people like us come in. You know, mm. we, we kind of try and fully understand what your plan is, what the five-year goal is, and then we can lay out a suitable recommendation based on all that information. It's not something that you might think about initially, though. Paul, I've had a question from Khalifa come through to us this morning. Khalifa asks, uh, Paul, do I need to have a physical office if I'm just thinking of setting up a business online? I feel like that's going to add some unnecessary bills and costs that I can't afford to pay as of now. I suppose it depends on what the business is, right? If it's, if it's purely going to be an online business that either provides uh, content or, or, you know, whether that be educational content or not, um, or if they're going to be trading, then in that case, you wouldn't need an office space. Uh, you might, If you're going to be trading, you might need an office space or a warehouse to store the products, depending on what the products are, and the model and, and how you deliver the product. If you're, you know, if you're working on a drop shipping basis, you don't really store the products, but if you are going to store them, then you will, you will need somewhere. But typically, you can set up pretty much any business now without a physical office with a lock and key, right? Which is what you used to need your own physical office, lock and key, and a signboard on the door. Um, but the, the issue would be is it can be difficult to open a bank account. Mm. So if you go to someone like us and other people might tell you, yeah, you don't need an office. We'll, you'll, you'll get the license. It's really cheap and easy. There's your license. Thanks very much for coming. We'll probably say to you, look, you're going to want a bank account. We know that the bank won't open a bank account if you don't have a proper office lease agreement. So we'll find you a suitable lease agreement that will tick that box but keeps everything legal. And you need to be careful and do your homework because there are people around town that will give you a nice offering that seems too good to be true. And then, yes, you get a business license, but you can't actually operate because you don't have a bank account. So 
you don't need an office would be the long and short of it, but you often will need some sort of lease agreement, a jari here or a tothik as they call it in Abu Dhabi. Shahina got in touch uh, to ask, and it sort of goes off the back of what you were just saying there. So a nice little um, uh, follow-on question saying, hey, Paul, if my business is online, but I'm storing uh, my materials, my business materials, in my personal storage unit or warehouse only for storage purposes, do I still need a license to do that? Will I be breaking any laws by doing that? No, you don't need a license to store them. Um, but you will need to pay to import them. So if you've got them sitting in a free zone, you're not paying an import duty. But if you have them stored in your own kind of space, right? So um, uh, we've got a client now who's just setting up a new concept of um, kind of soft furnishings at home. And he's brought in a load of stuff Mm. from 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 china and pakistan i believe he's storing them at home but he's had to pay import duty to get them all here it's just like buying it online um and then if he's going to re re re, re uh, export he might need to pay duty again so it's, it just can be a little bit complex um but you don't you don't need a license to store them you just need the license to sell them but we that's the first two questions about online we've seen a huge increase in online business and mm. that's across the board from from trading to giving guitar lessons and personal training, uh, cooking classes, you know, people that are just looking for a little kind of side hustle or extra gig or something that they're good at, they're monetizing it. Because you can actually pick up these e-commerce licenses really, really cheaply and you don't need an office space um, to get them. So it's good to kind of dip your toe in the water. But it's, 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 it's good to be aware of, of, of the licenses you do need because equally, I suppose, a lot of people say, well, oh, look, I'll just set up a YouTube channel and I will sell yeah. my wares on my YouTube channel and, 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 yeah. and, and see what comes of it without realising that you might be breaching some legal, legal requirements. Yeah, we, we, we do see, we see that a lot. You know, um, A common one that, that we're getting right now is people want to sell home foods, Right, home baked foods, baking, and uh, you know, kind of foods from their own country and selling it to their own kind of uh, compatriots here. Um, but the they best to, donuts in Dubai, yeah, and all, all that, that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. right? Like we love the, the the kind of British food. We want to get a good roast or a steak pie or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's people that do that, but you can't cook it at home. It has people try and cook it at home, sell it online through social media. It's a big, big no no. That, that you know, it makes sense, right? The kitchen needs to be a Dubai municipality-approved kitchen, mm. checked by the food control department. You've got to be licensed for that, um, so that you know what's going into it, how they're preparing it. You can't just start preparing food and selling it online. Um, that's the one thing that we, we get inquiries about. That you know, my wife's just going to bake cakes. Surely it's okay? Absolutely not. You, you have to. You, it's not expensive to get licensed, but you need to take proper advice on that and get licensed properly. <laughs> Got about a minute remaining. Just time to get one more in from Kenny. Kenny, thank you very much indeed for your last-minute question. Says, uh, loving the show. Thanks very much indeed for all the advice. Uh, but what are the licenses? I'm confused. How do I know that I'm applying for the correct license? Where do I go for advice in terms of which license I should obtain or need based on my business activity? Yeah, da that, da. <laughs> that's it, right? That's the million-dollar question. So I suppose that's why we're there and why I'm here. Um, you know, for sure, come and see us, right? You know, come into the office in Sukh al-Bahar, come and see us, ask the questions. We'll, we'll point you in the right direction. It can be an absolute maze trying to set up a business here, and you just need to focus on delivering your product and your service and let us or people like us take care of the rest. You know, reach out to Jayshree, reach out to us. We can definitely help you with that because between... 
between free zones and mainland, there's about 60 different jurisdictions in the country. Uh, they all have their own rules, regulations, and they have a regulator or a body inside them. You can't possibly know it all, and it will take you forever. It will drive you crazy trying to research it. So come and see us. We can narrow that down to a couple, make a recommendation for you. No issues. Good on you, pal. Always good to see you. Thank really you. appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, you can reach out to the team online, but equally, you can go and see them face-to-face. Um, it is a good... It's a good couple of hours, actually, a little trip down to Virtue Zone. Pop into the time out uh, at Dubai Market. Brilliant, have man. a bit of it's lunch, mm. uh, either before or after you meet Paul. Probably before. No, during, after. During. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can enjoy the rest of your time. But, uh, yeah, do pop on down and say hi to them. Uh, can't thank you enough. I know that you're holding the fort at the moment, uh, PB, so thanks for taking time to, to come and see us as well. Again, just reiterating that if people want advice, just reach out to you guys, yeah? Yeah. Website, vz.ee would be the best way. We've got a live chat on there. It's manned 24-7, so there's always going to be someone there for you. Bless you, pal. Good to see you, you, as much. always. Great to see uh, Paul live in studio with us. Paul is the Group Commercial Director at Virtue Zone, and each and every Tuesday at 10 o'clock, we do starting up with Virtue Zone live here on Dubai I-103.8.